Good evening. And now, the Inspirational Quarterly. Hello and welcome back to the Inspirational Quarterly, the world's only ongoing read, review, and discussion of the 2006 novel Starcraft Ghost Nova by Keith R.A. DeCandido. I'm Davey Reedon. And I'm Carolyn. Hello. Hello. Welcome back. Uh, we had a, we took a, a little time off because we were both having some illness, and uh, we're back for more literature. Um, Kara, what do you remember about what has happened to our protagonist as of I'm, when we stopped? So the protagonist, she has actually been out of it for a while because we had an interlude where all of the detectives of the, what is it, the TPF? Is that what they're called? That's right. The TPF come to investigate... Uh, essentially a happening which they uh figure out is um i was gonna say a psyop but that is a different thing (laughs) a psyop is a different thing than what happened uh uh basically it's a uh i guess a a psychokinetic event uh Mm -hmm. happened at the top of a skyscraper uh, everyone died and there was an investigation basically and we haven't actually seen nova since um a while back when she left a transport that she is supposed to get on to essentially go to war i think is the well idea. no no we we saw because we just because last time we she, we she's in the gutter now yeah so now she's in the gutter that's what i'm saying like we have okay, we've okay. had a gap and then now uh and that's the last time we saw her and now she's woken up in the gutter so yes. obviously the implication is that she has basically murdered a bunch of dudes who tried yes. to kill her and successfully killed her family. Um, it, well, she didn't kill her family. They, no, they she success- didn't kill her family. They successfully killed her they family. Successfully killed that her traitor family. Edward. She that, successfully killed them. That that son of a bitch Edward. That son of a bitch Edward killed the, the, her family and um, she went she went on a rampage uh, and, kill, and there's a psychokinetic uh, happening and then she woke up in a ditch Um at the foot of what I assume, like, I mean, it, it says the AAI, which honestly, is that a robot? Must be. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, artificial, uh, advertising artificial intelligence is AAI. So it's a, it's a ad, it's an ad robot. An ad uh, robot, indeed. Yeah. So she was at the foot of an ad robot. She wakes um, up to a, you know, a Captain Crunch jingle. Yeah, I mean... I like that Keith has put that in because it does add something to the, you know, the dystopia vibes. Like, I think he's got, he's he's definitely on something there. Although, I mean, a lot of this has actually happened, hasn't it? Really? It's, it's, um, I'm pretty sure we're not far off of that, like, you know, my, Minority Report, like, mm-hmm. they, it's, you know, scans our eyes and then advertises directly to you because that's exactly what happens on the internet, essentially. Well, we've only really gotten to see the upper the upper class of the world here. Yes. Right. I mean, I, you, you, okay. So we, we, we know that we know that the, the detectives are sort of the, the, the officers are sort of on their own level, which is, you know, drugged out, um, kind of detective hard boiled detective man. 
but we don't really know much about just like what it's like living on the ground here. And so yeah. now, so now, you know, it's, it sort of has this possibility space of like, do, are we getting into sort of a futurist uh, Blade Runner sort of thing here? You know, is it, yeah. is it, is it going to be a dystopian kind of thing? Um, I'm curious if that's what, if that's what's going to unfold now. Yeah, I mean, so we're here, so we're in the gutter, which I think one of the most interesting things about Keith's book is the examination of the class structure, right? So Mm -hmm. a lot of his writing is has so far been around like the old families and, you know, this kind of aristocratic class that is essentially out of reach of everyone. They live in these giant skyscraper structures. They you know, they conduct these really elaborate birthday parties. Like everything so far has been birthday party oriented. Right. Um, then you've got that um, uh, Handy Anderson kind of structure where everything is about propaganda. And you've got that layer. And we haven't really seen anything about the gutter, which is about like everyone else, like people who aren't rich, people who aren't in this kind of the class, the same class as Nova. And so now we're like here in the gutter, I guess we're going to get a little bit more. I mean, I, I guess the TPF also, they are in the gutter technically, right? Because they work there. You know what I would love would be if throughout the whole start of this book, we've only seen the 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 wealthy uh, echelon of society and from their perspective, Handy Anderson was kind of this person sort of sort of somewhere over there doing whatever. And now we go to the ground floor and now Handy Anderson is everywhere. You know what I mean? Like this is his territory now, right? And he sort of like runs the show down here. And now we realize, oh, okay, this is he. I, you know, is that actually going to happen? Probably not. But I like the idea of it then being revealed, you know, Nova's like, Oh my God, I had no idea what this man had the stranglehold he had on society or something like that. Yeah, I mean, that would be nice. But like, I, I also feel like um, we we might see his presence, like, but it would be more likely that, you know, it's like his propaganda working itself into actual like people's opinions rather than actually see, you know, reported or like, you know, I, I feel like the tabloids have like this kind of very silent, impact on people especially in the uk where the daily mail like people have these like daily mail opinions and you know they come from the daily mail like these horrible racist things that people say but you would never they would never actually admit to reading the daily mail do you know what i mean like it's not i wonder if that's going to be something that happens here so here's the kind of catch-22 that keith has worked himself into here as far as you and i are concerned and let's yeah. be honest you and i are keith's primary audience <laughs> um, like his primary we're like probably at this point day we were probably his biggest fans have we <laughs> there anyone... just like woke up in the middle of the night and thought i am keith keith r a candido's biggest fan <laughs> <laughs> keith has written so many books okay to 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 go making a claim like that is there's, there's there's an amount of hubris that I'm not uncomfortable with. Uh, I just want to be clear. Uh, Keith R. A. D. Candido's number one fan is something that I do aspire to at some point. I I have to believe. I have to. Here's what I will say, and this this comes from a less less of an object or less from a subjective standpoint, and more from a raw numerical standpoint. There's going to come a point where we have read and discussed this book 
for longer than any other human being except Keith and his editor, or maybe even then, maybe I don't know, have discussed this book. Right. Okay, but like, like I, re- I need you to con- I need you to consider, Davy, that we might spend more time on this book than Keith himself has right. spent. That's right? that's that's the that's the that's the fucked up place that we end up getting to here is literally no human being on earth has spent more time examining Starcraft Ghost Nova than we have. Right? Uh I just and... think I just think that it's I I think it is really I mean so, okay, like let's let's say for for discussion's sake, let's say there's another book that Keith has written that's more popular than this one. Mm-hmm. And th- that has a small fan base. Like, yeah. what would that fan base look like? And which book is it? Is the Let's question. say there's another podcast that is breaking down and discussing. <laughs> what if what if he's just what if he's just like, oh yeah, another podcast that's entirely devoted to to breaking down and extrapolating on one of my works? Yeah, okay, all right, take a number, right? Uh, we yeah, don't know I mean, that. I don't know. I haven't searched. I did not go and search for podcasts about books by Keith R.A.D. Candido. And that, that was not part of the research phase for this for this project. What if the listeners of our podcast then do another podcast about another Keith R.A.D. Candido book? Okay. And then we form like, a, you know, like in the old days, there was like a web ring. We should make a web ring of all of us just doing these podcasts for him. But if we do that, then they become bigger fans than we are because they're both listening to our podcast and doing their own yeah. thing. You know what I mean? Like, mm. do we want that? Or is is there like, how competitive do you feel in this sense? I don't feel competitive because I actually feel like the ultimate aim of this podcast now and I'm not saying it's like the previous aims we've had for this podcast because there were none and like <laughs> future aims for this podcast might change. But right now I feel like the aim of the podcast is to just increase the love for Keith. Like that's mm. my main aim is to actually illuminate a how probably probably how difficult his job is because I would like to illuminate a little bit the fact that, you know, working on video game properties is an absolute thankless task and people always say oh you know I could do it and you know there's loads of ways in which you could screw it up as well um and or lots of lots of notes you have to take on an IP right like loads of notes you have to and feedback you have to incorporate probably some parts that people would object to um you know, like uh, saying, for example, that you want uh, Lara Croft to smoke and swear, that's probably a no-no. I don't know. But like, essentially, the IP holder probably has some notes to give you. And so I I personally feel like it's a hard job. And just appreciating that is like part of this, right? Like just being like, cool, Keith, like, let's just throw in with this, you know? Here's what I think we should do. I think we should split it down the middle. You take the magnanimous, socially minded uh, appreciation for Keith as an artist and a craftsman, and I will take the ivory tower elitist approach of wanting to be the number one Keith superfan of all, 
uh, pitting myself against other fans of. But I feel Keith. like that would definitely mean that you would have to buy his other works, Davey. Are you? How prepared? do you know I haven't already bought his other oh works? Oh my god! What have you bought, Davey? Have you I bought haven't bought any. Of, I haven't bought any of his other works. But, <laughs> but, I, that's who's to say that that's not where this podcast is going? That right? we're going to become obsessives. Well, I is don't that... know. I'm just. I'm leave. I'm. I'm I'm throwing my hat over the wall here is what I'm doing. You know okay. what I mean? I'm 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 offering a I'm offering a trajectory sort of. Right. Where we can discuss it and we can examine it uh, much in the way we discuss and examine StarCraft Ghost Nova and <laughs> uh, and and see if that feels like something that that it's a, a ta- you know something we want to achieve. I think if it feels right, we could yeah. definitely do that where we could just. But then, I'm you know, is, what is this podcast truly? It is just the inspirational portrait. You know what I mean? All I'm saying is, if you and I each take, each set a separate goal that are sort of diametrically opposed, then no matter what happens, one of us wins, right? That's what I'm saying. It's still a win for the podcast if one of us gets our, uh, what we were shooting for, right? right. Yeah. And, for, yeah. And And for you, that's an appreciation of literature and craft. And for me, it's superiority over others <laughs> okay right okay right so i don't know I'm, I'm just saying that could that's an approach we could take okay we can we can sort of feel that out the i i was trying to make a point i was trying to make a point here which would which was that insofar as keith is thinking about any of the things that we are discussing on this podcast he's put himself into a tough position here where the less he says about handy anderson the more space we have to fill in about Handy Anderson. Right? Oh, so you're like, saying essentially it's our territory now. <laughs> well, okay. Cause here's okay, because you brought up the invisible influence of Handy Anderson, basically. Mm-hmm. Right? You you sort of suggested Handy Anderson controlling or having a having a, a hand or an influence in all of these events from the background where we won't explicitly notice him in the book. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, that can be true regardless of how much Keith says or doesn't say about Handy Anderson, right? And the less he says about Handy Anderson, the more space you and I have to assume that Handy Anderson is just a mastermind who is who has such control over right, this like world. He's, he's doing like a kind of puppet mastery over every other person. And he's here. so effective at it that he never actually appears in any of the proceedings right such as the sort of ghost like presence that he has if you see what i'm if you see what i'm getting at there uh and that's a that's a that's a tough spot for keith because what is he supposed to do right is Mm. he supposed to come is he supposed to come in every page and and like exposit you know handy anderson had nothing to do with this Right. Well, so like in the in the wiki that we read, there is still quite a bit of Handy Anderson lore that we got to get. Right. God, so. that's true. There was so much Handy Anderson, and and but and I just didn't want to. Right. It was partly Keith. It's partly Keith, but it's also it partly part- like two other books. Okay. You know. Um, what if this becomes a Handy Anderson podcast? Would you be uh, sad? There's so many. It's like the Borges Garden of Forking Paths here. You know what I mean um like what what does this podcast want to become um 
I think we should, I think we should sort of, again, leave that open as a consideration. Like, okay, you know, is this going to be the Handy Anderson podcast? Is it going to be the Keith podcast? Um, yeah. There's, there's lots of different directions. Uh, do you want to jump into the book? Yeah. So okay. we are at page 71 if you're reading along with us. Um, so Nova just woke up, just to recap, Nova just woke up in uh, the gutter which is the um, non-salubrious part of, of the city. Um, essentially, uh, she doesn't really remember what's happened until suddenly um, it comes back to her. So I'm just going to start um, from the, from, uh, the sec- third paragraph of 71. Realization dawned. I'm in the gutter. The poor, the dispossessed, the people who couldn't find work or could only find the worst work, what little there was, were all here. Crime was, she knew, rampant in the gutter. She'd never set foot here, of course. Her kind didn't belong. Scions of the old families never came down here. She probably ran on instinct, coming into this abandoned alleyway because there were no people, aside from an AAI, which is the advertising robot. Uh, it's a real, uh, it's a real dig at AII, not people. Yeah, no people, but some some AI uh, going She's on. She's just asking for the secret robot uprising. I know, right? Okay. That that advertising robot is going to be. That's exactly uh, the kind of attitude to her. <laughs> that's exactly the kind of attitude that led Edward to overthrow you people in the first place. Exactly, you snobs. This uh, is yeah. You're you're continuing to do the behavior. You still haven't learned your lesson. <laughs> Here to remind anyone who accidentally wandered this way that they're all still products to be bought. This area beneath the city of Tarsonis was where people were crammed together in substandard housing in tall buildings. Not as tall as her father's skyscraper, of course. But Daddy, oh no! She just realized that Dad is gone. Mm. Unbidden, it all came back. I still haven't processed the fact that Constantino is gone. Constantino is gone. We will probably Um, go the rest of the book and never see Constantino again. Just like a really sad version of the Constantino song, like Constantino. Yeah, like in a minor chord or whatever. Yeah. Just really sad, like, you know, funeral organ. Uh. (laughs) We did. Yeah. Anyway. We, maybe maybe we need to do like a, a funeral procession for Constantino at some point on this podcast. We can give a little eulogy or something. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we should actually do a eulogy for him. I feel like he will be missed. He will be missed. He will um, be, but he doesn't have to be missed in our hearts if we keep him alive. If we there. Keep him alive. With and much this. like Handy Anderson, if we continue to insert him into parts of the story <laughs> that he's definitely not that in. He's inappropriate for, yeah. Um, Wait, we're, we're the ones reading the book, right? Like, I no people at home aren't probably following along. I can insert whatever I want. Exactly. And then, and then Constantino jumped out and said, hey, gang, I'm still alive. Do you right? think there's some purists at home who are really reading the book and going, that's not in here. Why are they inserting this stuff in here? I can't believe that they are, you know, like Lord of the Rings purists who are like, uh-huh. why did they cut Tom Bombadil? Because he was a jerk idiot, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like... Uh-huh. It, you know, I honestly, uh, I don't know if I've lost some Lord of the Rings fans there, but uh, just so you know, Tom 
Tom Bombadil. I don't know who Tom jerk. Bombadil is, but I do know that I do yeah. now know that you're a raging dork. So Oh my god. I uh, I I mean I I do you know what <laughs> is the truth is that I try to be a raging dork. I started reading Lord of the Rings. I got to Tom Bombadil, which is really not that many pages in, and I stopped reading it because he was so offensive to me. <laughs> so well, that is maybe a level of dark we're at here. Um, yeah. Well, Let's, yeah. we promised to only make changes to StarCraft Ghost Nova where they would, where, where they would, uh, I don't want to say improve on Keith's work because I don't <laughs> think that that's the right way to phrase it, but more amplify Keith's message. You know, yeah. if Constantino does just sort of appear suddenly in the book, is that, is that changing his work or is it just amplifying the parts of it that are great? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think... I think amplifying, I mean, oh my God, Davey, what if we read Lord of the Rings next? That would be the most irritating I'm thing. I'm absolutely not reading Lord of the Rings next. <laughs> Thank you, though. I appreciate it. I'll take Keith, uh, I'll take Keith, Keith. Uh, <laughs> Keith before Tolkien, as the saying always Do you always know what goes. was going to happen now is people are going to send us emails asking us to read that book. <laughs> because no, I no, hate no. it and you don't want to no, do it. No, That's no, what's going to no. happen. Emailing us is a crime, but especially it's, it's a, a crime. crime if you if if you if you ask us to read Lord of the Rings. It's a crime. It's a crime. Everyone, it's a crime. If you have a better book than Lord of the Rings for us to read. Okay. All right. Unbidden, it all came back to her. Her family was dead. I I guess that's probably not the way that someone should read it. Um, her family was dead. It's more like I don't know. That's like a. <laughs> that's definitely not the way it should be read like her family was dead you know more like that I, where it's it's sad well but yeah not like a like kind of fox long... news like her family was dead <laughs> uh what's uh what's the least respectful reading of that line do you think I think it's like the valley girl like the way that Nova would say it okay all right all right give give it to me like that her family was dead. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> that sucks, man. It's, I don't know. Uh, I don't think that a valley girl would say man, but she would definitely say that sucks. That's like so uncool. <laughs> um, she saw Edward, her mother's jig, a man she had always thought to be family, give the order to kill her brother and mother and father. The order had gone to Gustavo McBain, a man whose entire family was killed at Corhal 4. Man, families my... dying left and right. In I this know. Book. And all, are they all like aristocratic families? I guess they must be. Actually, this is a good, a good world where aristocrats are constantly dying. Um, when mommy was killed, she was filled with fury at Edward for betraying her. Obviously. When yeah, Zeb... Okay. Oh, I mean, like, oh really? was she now? Was she? Wow, interesting. <laughs> it really fleshes out uh, Bella's character in, uh, in, in a meaningful new way that, that I couldn't have gotten. Let's not forget, <laughs> by the way, Bella and Edward, a good choice of couple name. Yes, yes, of course. Um, when Zeb, poor Zeb, she saw him get shot as well as felt it. Died. He was thinking about how he'd never get to ask Therese to the Durbinville's ball. <laughs> that 
That's what a I, really silly last thought. <laughs> what I like what I like about this section is that, and again, this plays into the idea that Keith is writing this book specifically for you and I. Yeah. Is that this scene happened, what, 15 pages ago, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't really need a recap, but you and I read that scene, what, a month ago? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I like I like that I like that we're it's uh we're getting like a recap for our benefit almost and for the benefit of of listeners. Yeah. Yeah, I I like that. He he knows what we like, I think. It's somehow it sometimes does <laughs> seem that way. It sometimes yeah. does seem that way. When daddy was killed, oh so a little bit of the um you know, the Valley girl in there. When daddy, when daddy was killed, Mm -hmm. he was grateful that Nova at least was safely en route to Terridor nine. Poor daddy. He died thinking she was off Tarsonis. Instead, she had come back to their home and the voices, the voices would not stop. She heard Edward gloating over how he had fooled the Terra family. She heard McBain's glee at avenging the death of his family, even though Nova's family had nothing to do with it. Indeed, Daddy had urged the council not to bomb Core Hall 4. Oh yes, reminding us that Constantino was actually, at heart, he was actually a philanthropist. He was actually a man of the people, and again, we get people. we get the thing where everyone blames Constantino for for the thing that he's he's doing the opposite of. Yes, um, which is probably with, Handy Anderson. Yes, which is Handy Anderson. Like yeah. let's let's yeah. let's it's let's be Handy real. Anderson. Which is yeah. Handy Anderson putting this dude into wacky situations, probably filming it and playing it on his UNN networks a la Truman Show. Jamie, how do you think that UNN is reporting this? So, like, how would Handy Anderson uh, report on Constantino's uh, horrible passing and the mysterious circumstances surrounding it? You mean, like, you mean, like, if a news broadcast is going out, like, what what would Handy Anderson have to say mm-hmm. about it? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, well... Handy Anderson has continued to sort of, uh, from the shadows, I feel like egg uh, Constantino in all of these really petty ways, basically. Like, continues to set up Constantino as being, like, just some, like, put him in the Yeah, basically, put him into positions that he had nothing to do with. Right. And so I, I like the idea... That hand that that UNN delivers the news about Constantino's death by reminding by sort of also reminding us of all of the small petty things that Constantino has done. Like they might show they might show a uh, a video of his birthday party acceptance speech where he joked about Nova's birth being you know be- like what what was it you know like these are my top 10 memories or whatever. Yeah. Like she's in like the top, the top five. (laughs) Right. 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 So, right. So, you know, they probably come on the news and they're like, uh, you know, and they say, uh, uh, breaking, breaking news today, Constantino Terra, uh, uh, found, found dead. We go now to footage of Constantino Terra being a real dick bag. And then it shows <laughs> and then it shows the footage of him at the birthday party. And then it goes back 
to the to the uh, uh, you know to the reporter, and they're like, "I'm getting breaking news now that Constantino Terra uh, allowed his factory to be bombed, and everybody on the night shift died." And then they have a person oh, on yeah. the ground. They have a person whose family member died in the explosion, and they're like, "And they're like, if Constantino Terra." Did, hadn't employed my husband, he'd be alive right now. Yeah, so wait, so how, how old do you think Constantino was? Because that would be reported, right? Like he, the age he died at. Um, oh, do we know that? We don't actually know his age, do we? I don't I know mean, if we I'm know. I'm imagining what? he's like late, what is he, like late 50s? I have no idea. Yeah, I, I could have put him at early 50s because Nova at this point is like 15. Right. right. And Early 50s, I would yeah. think that these, I feel like these families would have kids pretty young. I think to so me, too. Right. So I wouldn't there's put there's no in, reason I, for them not to, right? People only delay having children because they don't have resources, right? For children. So. Right. Right. So I would put, I mean, like, I think you could even put Constantino, you could, I think you could theoretically put Constantino in his forties, but. Okay. So you're I would just put like, him around fifty. So I'd put him. I'd, like, okay, yeah, to me, it'd be around fifty. Let's. 50. You know what? Let's call him an even fifty, right on the dot. Fifty. Okay. The so fifty-year-old head of the Terra family and technology magnate, most known for his for uh, his uh, poor ur- poor choice of, of joke making at social events. His no, he's most known for his extravagant, some say too extravagant birthday yes. parties. Yes. And his urging of the council to bomb Corhal for drawing some uh criticism from uh his peers. Because like basically like Handy Anderson's trying to cast like this subtle derision, right? Mm-hmm, like he's trying mm-hmm. to plant it. And then he would go on to say uh, his lack of security measures at his factories led to a successful bombing of one of his facilities, murdering any number of uh, hoverbikes. <laughs> yeah, no, and then and then they would yeah, and then they would go to footage of kids who didn't get the hoverbikes for Christmas that they were so excited about, and this like, kid is just like crying. crying and crying and crying, <laughs> and then you know what they do, and then they go right to a report on dwindling uh Antiguan buffalo numbers right yeah and then yeah and then they and then and you then know they and then they cut to someone in the rain outside the skyscraper and be like mm-hmm. uh thanks uh honey anderson i'm here at the site of the uh alleged assassination of constantino and his family members as uh, a strange occurrence here tonight possibly related to the uh, bombing of Core Hall 4. Uh, it, it is suggested that his choices have, has, have, have led to this situation whereby we have his entire family uh, massacred uh, by uh, someone uh, who uh, clearly objects to his uh, warmongering. <laughs> And then, like, you you know, you would have this, like, very cynical reporter just be, like, answering questions for Hanny Anderson. You know, there would be, like, I, oh, so, you know, what, you know, what do you think, uh, has has the entire family been, been uh, informed or, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she'd just be, like, we uh, currently don't have any data on that. The TPF uh, tell us they are, uh, the investigation is underway. 
Officer Jack Pembleton is Officer Jack Pembleton is here with us to answer more questions. Uh, <laughs> Officer Pembleton, can you tell us more about about uh, about the 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 death of the uh, about the death of the Terra family? Uh, you know, and Jack would say, "Well, uh, let me tell you, uh, I have identified multiple bodies in the vicinity <laughs> of the skyscraper, so we know." That, that some people some have died. people were involved <laughs> in this scene. Did they die because of this? Or were they already dead before this? Well, that's where the detective work is going to happen. I can, I can tell you that someone found a gun. I <laughs> do know what a gun is. And I want to go on the record about that. We have discovered I, a gun. We do not know currently how this gun works <laughs> or what I, it does. <laughs> but then I imagine, uh, then I imagine maybe our reporter uh, uh, says something along the lines of, uh, you know, I've I've spoke to a, uh, I've spoken to, uh, I've spoken to a, a witness who claims to have seen Constantino Terra uh, hold members of the council at knife point and demand that they bomb Core Hall 4. Uh, <laughs> truly incredible the lengths that this man, that Constantino went to, to, to ensure that Core Hall 4 was bombed. Uh, Constantino Terra peed on the front porches of all council members who disagreed with him on the bombing of Core Hall 4. Truly, truly disgusting. This is, of course, just what witnesses are saying, but we have no evidence to support the idea that Constantino did not pee on the front porches of people who, who didn't want to bomb Core Hall 4. So, Maria, what you're saying is, in fact, that this person... Uh, uh, essentially aggrandized and, and exacerbated the situation when he was alive. Is that what you're saying? Well, it's not so much that I'm saying that we know for sure that Constantino did aggravate the situation, but based on our uh, speculation, he definitely made it so that it 100% happened is more of what I'm trying to get at. Understood. Here. And so is this missing? Uh, are there any anyone in the family missing from this particular situation? You know, anyone involved? Anyone uh, perchance who didn't uh, receive this uh, harsh, let's say, execution? Well, uh, we are. We've been told that uh, Nova Terra, uh, the son, the the daughter of the uh, the daughter of the Terra family, is on a uh, currently on a on a uh, a rocket ship, or was supposed to be on a rocket ship, supposedly for an Antiguan buffalo hunting session. If you can believe it or not, that this is what the family chose for their daughter was to slaughter all remaining Antiguan buffalo and uh, secure all meat for the family. Uh, now, of course, that's just what I'm being told here, but I have, again, have no reason to believe that that isn't exactly what happened. Of course, the family are known, uh, known a huge uh, like buyer of the Antigua, Antiguan buffalo meat, and uh, some would say uh, almost um, to the point of extinction, 
I be- that I am told. I'm being told now that Nova Terra's uh, rocket was being taken to the last of the Antiguan buffaloes to slaughter them and uh, wipe out their species permanently. Yeah. So, uh, is it safe to say that there are people in the streets tonight who are celebrating the death of the Terra family? Is there any evidence to say? That in fact, actually, this might be a good thing. Well, I do have uh, one man here who is uh, who has been uh, uh, ha- who has been partying the entirety of these proceedings. His name is Garth Duke, uh, and he is just having a blast. All he will talk about is what a great time he's having, and uh, and and he's doing. Uh, I, I gotta say, it looks like he's removing some of his clothes right now. Um, and, uh, we won't, we won't point uh, cameras think, in that I direction, that should, but, uh, yes, but, I, the but I am camera. looking right now. I uh, am looking yeah. right now. And, and I'll tell you, this man is very well endowed. This man is, uh, just a remarkable specimen. Uh, and, uh, we, of course, we won't show this to the people at the home, but from this any personal chance, reporter's perspective, whew. any chance we could get a comment from Mr. Duke? here let's uh let's let's see if, let's see if we can if we can get a a, a comment because i was not able to to approach him earlier he had kind of a radiated feeling to him that i didn't want to get close to but let me see if i can <laughs> let me see if we can call it miss mr duke miss miss excuse me mr duke how do you feel how do you feel about uh, everyone dying do you like the fact that everyone died i'm having the time of my life uh, I, I have to apologize to our viewers there uh, for the uh, cock windmill. It, the cock windmill was not planned. Uh, we we didn't know that was going to happen. We're truly sorry for any uh, disquiet that has caused with your family. We are going to go back to the studio now <laughs> for another report from Handy Anderson on today's events. <laughs> thank you. Thank, thank, thank. Oh, wait, no. Handy Anderson here reporting back in. <laughs> shocking, shocking news. Constantino Terra personally murdered his entire family. I don't know. Is that what Handy Anderson would do? It's, that seems like too evil or something. I think he's like way more subtle. I think he's like, just like, you know, like, you know, like he just like suggests, you know what? You remember like, you remember um, when people used to talk about the Fox News, like Cavuto, where it was basically like they would have like a headline that was like a, qu- a really provocative question right. that suggested right. someone's right. guilt. Right. It's like that, right. I think, where it's like very, it's very like this person is wrong, but like all, it's like always like just a question instead of a, you know, a really leading question. Did, uh, uh, did Constantino Terra? personally uh have sex with gustavo mcbain's mother <laughs> yeah like or like did 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 constantino terra uh invite violence against his own family you know like it's a little bit subtle but not that subtle it's like it's like when they're they you know they they uh they say that like i don't know uh like famous pop stars invite like people to invade their privacy or whatever mm-hmm. when clearly yeah. that's not the case or whatever so yeah, yeah i think constantino is so famous that you can't anything that happens to him you can say he invited it onto yeah. himself because he right? he he clearly is a businessman and you can say when you're like a uh an entrepreneur or businessman or a business person or whatever 
you can always like you you attention is like what you what you 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 always truck in attention right so you, and and everyone's always going on about how people are like attention whoring or, or whatever but the thing is especially when you're making something that's a product you always need attention and it doesn't really matter what kind of attention it is so if you're in any kind of business you have to be in the economy of attention and so it's very interesting that people always bring up oh you know like there's such a you know, they invited this treatment when it's like, no one invites negative treatment of themselves. Like that's yeah. not something that ever happens. Except so, for yeah. Constantino. Yeah, Constantino, the obviously. One exception, who obviously, <laughs> yeah. who obviously wanted all of this and obviously <laughs> loved it. Uh, okay, well, anyway, uh, that interlude was very illuminating, I feel like. Um, Jack okay. Pendleton shows up with a bullet through his foot and he says, I figured out how the gun works. <laughs> Oh, uh, I love him. He's the best. He's like precious man. He's like the dumb guy that everyone loves, you know. Yes, exactly. He's a, he's lovable because he's dumb. Okay. Um. Yes. So she heard one servant, Maya, wondering if dying would hurt. Okay. Well, I mean, Maya, come on now. Another <laughs> Natal <laughs> hated. <laughs> that he'd never see his mother again. Okay, legit. One of the killers, Adam, didn't care about the revolutionary sentiments of Cliff Nadaner, the man who'd ordered them to do this horrible thing. Oh, wait. Cliff Nadaner? Dun, dun, yeah, dun. I, I don't... There's something... Yeah, something else going on here, but we can okay. come back to that okay. later. He just enjoyed killing people. <laughs> Which, I mean, I respect that. If you just enjoy killing people... Mm-hmm. Like, I mean... It's very, it's very simple. It's very straightforward. Just likes to it's, kill people. Hobbies, killing people. It's not yeah. hypocritical, basically. No. Yeah. Another one named Tish was looking forward to living in a world where all the old families were dead so the common folk could rule the world like it was supposed to be. Well, Tish, you might have to kill a whole lot more of the world in order for that but to didn't, be But didn't other old families also die in all of this? Wasn't that part of the, wasn't that part of what happened? Was other old families also got killed? I thought it was just this. I thought that it was just Harris. Oh, I don't know. Who knows? Uh, we could probably look into this. Um, we probably could look into that, but we won't for now. No, I mean we, it's probably on the Wikipedia. I don't know. Anyway, a third Jeffrey Jeffrey, a very good name, was scared that they'd be caught and put in jail. A concept that frightened Jeffrey to his very core. What is that? What you're? Is that what a rebel breaking into a, a family's home to murder them is really? I don't. Okay, I haven't been in this situation before. But are you really? Do you really get to that point? And you go like, oh fuck, y'all, prison. Yeah. Wait, wait a second, prison. Oh my. <laughs> Is what we're doing illegal? <laughs> yeah. Do you think crimes lead to prison? You guys, hang on. I just, I nobody told me about the murdering people, and that's like seriously a crime. A crime, yeah. Yeesh. Good, good going, Jeffrey. A concept, Jeffrey. a concept that frightened Jeffrey to his very core. Like not just like he doesn't like prison, but that it's like a deep unrelenting fear for him and he somehow well, said yes i'm gonna go along put, on this you know jeffrey's put his like you know nemesis in jail and so he doesn't want to go to jail because then he might have to deal with his nemesis you know what i mean we'll like, send you to a different jail jeffrey jesus jeffrey, there's like more on. than one jail there's more than one jail jeffrey come on a fourth I, paul 
was aggravated that they were killing pointless rich people when what he really wanted to be doing was killing the council, which I think Paul has a point here. Okay, you think Paul is the most sensible. Paul of is these the most sensible one of Nova's. Now keep in mind. Thoughts. Keep in mind, uh, Adam is uh, just enjoys killing people, so. We can't yeah. say that Adams isn't straightforward. I'm right? gonna like Adam. I'm like, if I had to employ a henchman, I would definitely employ Adam, right? Because I wouldn't employ Jeffrey. God, can you like? <laughs> it's like it's like the um. Can you imagine? Okay, you know those Goofus and Gallant comics, which are like you know Goofus does is like does the awful thing, like you know Gallant helps old lady Nana across the street. Goofus sets old lady Nana on fire, right? And then there's like a, you know, a drawing of them. Well, that's yeah. what I imagine the like the rebels have a version of that for Adam and Jeffrey, right? Jeffrey, Jeffrey thinks about the time he'll do in the slammer for all of his for all of his crimes. Adam only wants to kill, right? And and <laughs> and then they have versions of that for like all for like everything that you need to know about being a rebel, like, you know? Like so Jeff Jeff Jeffrey Jeffrey doesn't wipe down the prints on the gun uh, and turns his weapons over to the police after the crime he's committed. Adam properly Adam properly disassembles his gun and places it in a variety and places each piece in different sewers around the city. Let's think about the names that Keith has given. Paul Jeffrey Adam. So he's called his henchmen here. Yeah. Adam. Yeah. Tish. Tish, okay. Jeffrey. Yeah, Jeffrey. And Paul. And Paul, right. These do not sound like henchmen to me. <laughs> they sound like lovely little mama's boys who would not hurt yeah. a fly. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> they are not henchmen. Like, I can't believe that these people are employed to kill. Who, what, like, what is going on here, Keith? The fact and the fact and the fact that you get these people to get so okay, you have Paul who's like Paul is like socially minded, right? right. Paul has thought about the system. You know? Right. Paul has thought about the fact that it's very easy to project your fears about the world onto those who are most visible because media portrayal tends to emphasize celebrity nature and worship when really the political uh, influences of the council are actually the ones driving real policy, but it's hard to uh, remember that when you're being so surrounded by media coverage that focuses on celebrity, right? That's where Paul is coming from. Right? Yeah, I mean, you've got Paul and Adam in the same basket here, right? Where did Paul and Adam end up in the same fucking mixer together? You know, like what event brought Paul and, and Adam's just like, I'm just down to kill people? Well, you know? I mean, I think they're all variations on not so bright though, because like, it, I don't know, for, for me, Paul is like into, you know, he's like very. <laughs> He's like, why don't we murder the council? But also, like, he really strikes me as someone who's just like, okay, but that's the only step in the revolution. Do you know? You know what I mean? Like, it's mm-hmm. it, it's like a, it's always it reminds me of um, in in uh, 
a vampire the masquerade bloodlines there's a, a, a character called damsel and damsel's like she's really like let's like murder all the leaders and then like take over and then there'll be like a cool like communist revolution we'll all like rule through anarchy blah 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 and she hasn't really thought it through very much like she hasn't thought it through past like past like let's just kill everyone <laughs> and so well, there's no real it's like a sophomoric kind of you know kind of interpretation of of politics where well there's no thought really there (laughs) so there's two there's two different there's two different of these killers that are doing this because tish is saying let's do that to the old families and jeffrey is saying let's do that to the council right right so 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 two different versions of that and then adam just wants to kill basically right right so all three of them (laughs) jeffrey's and then jeffrey's just fucking hanging out like hey guys Jeffrey's hey. just like, we're not gonna go to jail, are we? We're not this, we're not gonna go to this jail. Is a, this isn't a I don't think this is a crime. This I don't a, think what this we're doing is isn't a, a good idea, right? Adam, like this is Adam's, not <laughs> Adam's Adam's over here. Adam's Adam's standing over here like oh I killed someone for breakfast this morning and it felt fucking great. And Jeffrey's like, <laughs> Are we wait, are we is, the bad guys? Just, <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> Are we the ones? <laughs> Hang on. Hang on a second here. Adam is like Adam is like eating a human hand right now. You know what I mean? Je- Jeffrey's Jeffrey's standing very next to him, worried. Like, like trying trying to rationalize it. He's like, you know, he's trying to come up with an explanation like why this is why, you know, why this man is is might be eating a human hand (laughs) you know could be could be any number of reasons really yeah it's like a hand Uh, that was just lying there it wasn't like anyone nobody needed that hand anymore you can't use a hand like it's done all right give it up the hand the hand situation is past repair all right and humans got we we have to eat to live you know it's it's very thoughtful of Adam to use all resources available to exactly. him to stay alive. And it maybe this even raises Jeffrey's opinion of Adam and makes it, you know, he thinks, thinks what, what a socially minded fellow this is. Exactly. Right? Even more so than Tish and Paul who, you know, have all these whatever political social aspirations. Adam is out here actually doing the work of conserving food for others. Right. So you could mm-hmm. see Jeffrey getting maybe the wrong impression there. Yeah. I mean, poor Jeffrey. Anyway, nobody Jeffrey is care. Jeffrey is definitely the okay. <laughs> Which member of Friends? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Jeffrey is definitely Ross. <laughs> Jeffrey is Ross. Right now. <laughs> Jeffrey is Ross. Ross. Adam is Joey? <laughs> <laughs> it's Joey. If Joey was a serial killer, yeah, Paul Paul is Chandler, and yeah. Tish is Phoebe, right? For sure, <laughs> these four could def these four could a hundred percent be their own sitcom, right? I like, like it. It sounds like something from the Venture Brothers. You know, there's always a henchman in the Venture Brothers because because yeah. right because. Tish and Paul play off of each other. Tish and Paul have a direct relationship where they're like trying to debate, you know, the the political underpinning, the roots of power, mm. you know. Jeffrey is the sort of clueless schmuck just pulled along for it. And Adam is like the wild card and anything could happen <laughs> when Adam's around. Well, he's like always killing the people who are like trying to help them. 
right, right, like killing right. someone who's like just like <laughs> giving them a gun or like you know <laughs> they're always trying to like expand the crew like we got to bring more people into this cause and adam just keeps murdering anyone who who joins the gang oh, and it's God, called what? like the nadaner gang and they're just like Ye- yeah lo- like what is- very dysfunctional what is Jeffrey doing in all of this? I am so, I'm so curious about Jeffrey. Yeah, we might get like to see more Jeffrey. He's Jeffrey's dead now. He's, he's dead. Everyone, like, they're all dead. We'll never Oh, die. yeah, I forgot they're all dead. Right. She killed him. Yes, they're all she dead. She killed him. Okay, Nova couldn't stand it anymore. Too many voices, too many thoughts, all in her head at once. She made them stop. But all the... All that did was surround her with more dead bodies. So she ran. But that only made things worse. The farther away she ran, the worse the voices got, at least until now. Wait, what? What's what? So she's. So there's dead bodies all around her, is what she's saying. Well, I think she's. Is that because she, the dead bodies that fell out of the building when she exploded them? I, yeah, I think maybe she's just a psychological state. We'll see. Uh, when she came to All the right. AAI, the voices quieted. Perhaps because the only person around was an artificial intelligence that didn't have any thoughts. Okay. Oh, now, now they're people. Now, okay, now it's a person. Now it's a person. Now that the robot <laughs> tried to kill her family. Okay, fine. Now they're people. Because that's what I'm hearing thoughts. Like with Morgan, maybe like it's been all along, I can feel what people think. I'm a freak. She was also a murderer. <laughs> you are interfering with my like normal Jeffrey. operation. <laughs> yes. The You're worst inter- of all murderers. <laughs> yes. at, the end of the, at the end of the sitcom, it would definitely turn out that Jeffrey was masterminding the whole thing and was like this hyper killer that surpassed all of them. Yeah, but he doesn't want to go to jail, though. He just doesn't want to go to jail. Like, that's kind of the hang-up for him. <laughs> Big fan of killing. No, don't get me wrong. Loves killing. Big fan of killing. It's the... Ugh, it's jail. <laughs> you know? jail. I just don't um, like it. I'm not going back to jail, I tell you. Wait, do you think he's already been to jail? And that's <laughs> why he's... He's already been to jail and he doesn't want to go back. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that puts a, 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 a okay. That puts this sentence in a new context. A third, Jeffrey was scared they'd be caught and put in jail. A concept that frightened Jeffrey to his very core. That that puts a whole new light on that because, like, now it says, okay, something real fucked up happened to him while he was yeah, there. for sure. Um, you are interfering with my normal operation. If you do not cease, I will be forced to contact the Tarsonas police force. Realizing that the AAI was going to get her in trouble, she clambered to her feet. Then she laughed bitterly. Trouble, right? Like interfering with an AAI AAI matters when I just killed hundreds of people. Okay, there there you are. She killed hundreds of people with, with a shock. She realized that she wasn't exaggerating. She knew what each person was thinking when he or she died, whether it was Edward or one of his fellow cronies of this Cliff Nadaner person on the roof, one of the servants they had captured, or someone else in the skyscraper or nearby who simply had the misfortune to be in the wrong place. The woman who was worried about her daughter's grades in school, the man who was afraid his wife would find out about the affair he was having with her brother, the child who's on his way via hoverbike. 
Oh, this child has a hover bike. To meet his parents on their lunch break. That, do you want to sail through the air faster than anyone else? The AAI looked different now, like a kid wearing a hof- wearing hover bike gear. Oh my god, we're getting so far into hover bike lore right now. The holographic How- projection had changed its shape. How is this AI... How is this AAI responsibly marketing hover bikes when we know that they are in such limited supply? This is true because because now... we know that the hover bike place got blown up. Yeah, right. It should have been they're, the AAI. They're not on the informed. market. Yeah. Wait, but maybe they don't know. They don't know that because didn't the bombing like just happen? It just happened. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now the Word AAI's mouth moved. And the voice changed to that of a little kid. You bet. The AI now appeared to be on a hoverbike riding over terrain that was suddenly projected behind it. The new 428 hoverbike. Get yours today. Oh, Keith, how you tease us. Oh, my God, Keith. (laughs) The new... (laughs) Yeah, so... So... All right, all right. Uh, uh, Right ahead, it says the, the 428s were the one daddy's company made. Um, so the, the four, if we, if, cause our, our, our idea was that there were only 428 hover bikes available mm. yeah. total. Um, so do you think they're still selling off the last of them? The last of probably of these they've gone bikes? up in value, you know, cause like when they stopped making, um, we call them DeLoreans, they went up in value, even mm. though they're pieces of crap, right? Like they're, they kind of, yeah. Do you think they must be all gray market at this point. Yeah, I would say so. Um, resellers and such. Mm-hmm. Um, Nova fell to her knees. She felt pain in her kneecaps from the action, but it barely registered. The 428s were the ones daddy's company made. Daddy was dead. Can I also just say here that this this advertising bot did a real turnaround from this person is interfering with my... Uh, operations mm. to i bet you she wants a hover bike well i mean i wonder if there's something that the ai has read in her that's like oh like she's probably in the market for a hover bike which is interesting Wait, is the ai is this thing te- telepathic as well yeah like i'm like is is there something on her that suggests i guess maybe her last name i don't know like it knows, oh, this person murdered people. I'll bet she wants to get away really fast. <laughs> right. Yeah, she's like covered in blood. Right? She's like, <laughs> oh, AI you look like, like someone oh, who needs to escape from the police. Pot- sales potential on this Well, <laughs> the, 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 the AI did just threaten to call the police on her. So maybe it's saying now that I've motivated her to run from the police. Now she needs an effective way to get away from it. Yeah. She needs a hover bike. So it's like, it's creating demand. And that's Mm -hmm. why these artificial intelligences are so insidious. They learn this stuff. Indeed. Um, In 15 years of life, Nora Tara had never cried. Her life had been a happy one with nothing that would give her reason to be so sad that she'd be brought to tears. Now on a street somewhere in the gutter with only an AAI, which was now hawking a soft drink for a company. From all that crying, you look like you could really use a drink. Yeah, which is now hawking a soft drink for company. Nova felt tears stream down her cheeks for the fourth time since she turned 15. What a shit birthday. Happy birthday to me. No. <laughs> remember, re- remember <laughs> that later on, she will look back on this birthday and think, 
that was such a great birthday. Remember? <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. The right. directly that's, that's contradicts. Her that's yeah. her thought is it was a great birthday. Oh God. So yeah, she's like, yeah, she's cried for the fourth time. Uh, maybe at- that is, maybe it turns out that this, she loves this. Maybe that's the thing is that maybe it turns out that being really miserable on her birthday, like there's some weird masochistic thing that she enjoys about that. Maybe. Um, okay. So this next one is like, I think it's thoughts that get interrupted by other thoughts. <laughs> yeah. I'll do uh, the, I'll do the parentheses. Okay. Look at. Hey, Freddie. Here it's. What do we got here then? A curve. The thoughts slammed into her brain, denying her the peace that the AAI had given her. Oh, hey, the AAI is giving her peace. What? Peace of mind. Weird. Uh, she's hey, she's into the she's she she sees the hover. Well, this is it's working. She sees the hover bike and she's like, hmm, "Oh daddy, yeah, no, dead. I do really, I do. That would be effective to get away from the police." <laughs> yeah. Hey, Freddie, what have we got here then? Looks like a curve to me, Billy. I believe you're right, Freddie. She looked up and saw, through tear-streaked eyes, two boys who weren't much older than her. They wore clothes that were too big for them and smelled like they hadn't been introduced to the concept of bathing. They were standing between her and the mouth of the cul-de-sac. When she'd heard Morgan's thoughts involving her for the first time, she thought them kind of disgusting, but she was so overwhelmed by the fact that she heard them at all that she hadn't given much thought to their content. When she, what she heard from Freddie and Billy was far, far cruder and far, far scarier. Had Morgan acted on his thoughts, he would likely have been clumsy. If these two did, it would be violent. Mm. <gasps> Uh-oh, she's in Uh-oh. trouble. Get away from me. Her voice was hoarse and barely audible. Freddie feigned surprise at her tone. What's this, Billy? Billy did likewise. I think she doesn't like us, Freddie. We should show her what good thoughts we are, Billy. I agree, Freddy. He started to move towards her. His Billy and became... Freddy have a Billy and Freddy have like a uh, who's on first sort of rapport. Yeah, uh, almost. I agree, Freddy. He started to move towards her. His thoughts became amazingly more violent. <laughs> okay, don't come any closer. If anything, Nova's voice was more ragged. She clambered backward, trying to move away, even as they approached. Her stomach twisted with nausea. With a thud, she crashed back into the AAI. You have interfered with an official advertising artificial intelligence. This is a misdemeanor punishable by a fine. The Tarsonis police force has been contacted and will be here shortly. Oh, I see. So the AAI is probably going to save her here. <laughs> I like, yeah, like that's a. Uh, I like the idea that the AAI is kind of, um, like I really want this. I really want this this ad this ad bot to become like a Nova sidekick throughout the rest yeah. of the of the oh, no, story. Well, it's it's probably know? not going to save her, but it's going to link her up to the detectives because honestly, uh, I think Nova is probably capable of exploding these two guys. <laughs> right, probably. Probably. But what if this bot continued to go around with her advertising th- uh, products that keep her in like a good state of mind? You know, right. Throughout. Like anytime she gets sort of distressed or upset, AdBot comes in, you know, mm-hmm. and says like, have you thought about a mattress that could replace the one you have at home? Right? Ten times softer than that one. Far better for back support. <laughs> And Which is only sort of calms down. it only recommends products that are essentially hints to leads. 
Oh yeah. Where it's like it can advertise a product, but like the product is like a a clue as to what she should do next. Okay, this would 100% be on at least one episode of Everybody Knows Jack, right? <laughs> yeah, it would definitely be this, on 100% where, 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 Jack, where Jack sort of fails to realize that an ad bot, he, he thinks an ad bot is like giving him clues that's just random ads, but, the, but the, the clues he pursues end up inadvertently leading him to solving the crimes. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be good. Uh, uh, Freddie and Billy both laughed. They knew that a TPF, I still think it means toilet paper, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, didn't come to the gutter to hand out fines. It was an impressive day if they came to make an arrest. Usually they just beat folks up, but Billy and Freddie were both paid in full for the month, so no cops would touch them. Mm. Under other circumstances, Nova might have been disgusted at this revelation of graft in the TPF, but she was too busy quaking in fear. Not of Billy and Freddie, however. Rather, she was afraid of what she might do to them if they tried to do what they intended. Now, now, little curve, don't you worry. Your pretty little head will take right good care of you, won't we, Billy? That's right, Freddie. Freddie was now imagining the very specific things he was going to do to the area between her legs. Nova tried to clear her throat and said, I'm warning you. Billy laughed. Oh, that's solid, isn't it, Freddy? She's warning us. Shaking his head, Freddy said, Don't know cops come down this way, Curve, and even if they did, they would be doing nothing to us, so you can scream all you like. Nova knew that Freddy, in fact, wanted her to scream, as that would give him more enjoyment. At first, Nova did nothing. She couldn't. It was one thing a minute ago she wasn't thinking, but now she knew what would happen if she cut loose. So when Freddy grabbed her by the blouse, she did nothing. Only now did she even notice the blood all over her blouse. Ah, you see, we were right. She is covered in blood. Yeah, she is covered in blood. And that is how the advertising bot was able (laughs) to determine that she needed to get away from the police. (laughs) Right. The rips that she now remembered came when the dome collapsed on top of her. Wait, if it collapsed on top of her, would she be dead? I'm confused. Let's not worry about that's that's a <laughs> okay. that's a detail we don't need to think about. Some of the Maybe blood. she is dead. <laughs> she's a ghost. Ooh. Maybe she's a robot. <gasps> she's a ghost. <laughs> Some of the blood might even have been hers. When Billy grabbed at the waistband of her pants, she did nothing. Then she saw what Billy intended to do. Get off of me. A second later, they did. Both Freddy and Billy were lying on the far end of the cul-de-sac. Billy felt a sharp pain in his chest and Freddy was dizzy and couldn't focus his eyes. Nova stumbled to her feet. Her first attempt to stand up straight failed and she almost fell to the pavement again, but she managed to keep her balance, thrusting her arms out to steady herself. Then finally, she stood up straight. A spark from behind her drew her attention. She turned around to see that the AI was so much metal and electronic slag. Oh no! The AI is gone! It can't be a sidekick. Our ad bot is dead? She was sorry to see that. The AI had been a refuge of sorts. Why was it a refuge? I don't know. It doesn't have any thoughts. It's quiet. Not something I'd ever think about. No, it's not something I'd ever think about an ad. Maybe I can find another one. She's trying to, she wants to find another AI. 
<laughs> oh my god, I hope she finds one. Uh, <laughs> hey, and again, whatever she does do, you and I are reading this. So if we want, a, uh, an ad bot could follow her around for the whole rest of the book. Yeah, for sure. Everywhere, everywhere she goes. I'm just going to finish this uh, chapter, I think. Um, All right. She turned back around to face her attackers. Neither showed any sign of getting up anytime soon. Walking over to them, she cleared her throat again. I warned you, stay away from me or next time it'll be worse. Freddy was too focused on his inability to focus to truly respond. Wait, he was too focused on his inability to focus. (laughs) Okay. There you go. Uh, But Billy's brain went into a red haze of rage. Flickin' curve, I'll kill you. Billy jumped at her clumsily. He was coming straight up from a bent over position and pulled a pistol of some kind out of his oversized shirt. Billy himself had no idea what kind of gun it was, so neither did Nova. She knew only that he got it from someone named Grabian, which (laughs) is a good name. Or Grabian? Grabian. And that he'd always sold Billy good weapons in the past. He aimed the pistol right at Nova, and she lashed out. The pistol exploded a second later, sending Nova flying backward, pain slicing into her forehead. This time, when she fell to the pavement, she registered the landing quite well. Her own thoughts were now as unfocused as Freddy's, and she felt her grip on reality loosen. Maybe now I'm dying, too. She found this to be a happy thought, and she embraced the darkness that overwhelmed her. Oh no. She blacks out again. Nova can't just stay conscious here. Um, Do we have a Yates Yates quote appropriate for this? uh, um, Let's see. Uh, I want something I want something about the AAI, but I don't know that Yates wrote a lot about advertising robots. Um. Yeah, my my feeling is he probably didn't. I mean, he probably he had a lot to th- to say about humanity, though, didn't he? Um. I guess here's a quotation that might fit. All right. Think like a wise man, but communicate in the language of the people. <laughs> Why do I feel like we've done that one before? Have I feel we like done we that may have... one. I feel like we may have done that, but it it, it applies to so many I know, things. That, right? Like like that could be the epigraph at the start of the book, right? Because like it applies to so many people in this book, um, who who have obviously deep thoughts of some kind, and yet can't help but get themselves into like these very mundane situations. Like our friend Jeffrey, yeah, who, who knows, who sort of seems to know deep down that crime is wrong, but can't help running with a pack of bloodthirsty murderers. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah, the, you know, uh, the, uh, I'm, I'm, I, I enjoy the little side characters who come up like, uh, like the AII who just, we kind of get them for a second and then they're gone, you know? Um, and I like the idea that Nova is drawn to people who have like empty heads. You know what I mean? The idea that throughout the book, she's going to continue to be like, ah, this person is thinking very little. And I really yeah. like that. Yeah, for you sure. Know? Like, Cause she's, if she has like a sidekick of some kind, it definitely has to be someone who doesn't think about anything. For sure. All. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, I'm happy with, uh, this week's, I enjoyed the introduction of Jeffrey. 
<laughs> and all of them. <laughs> It's a it's a shame we didn't get to meet Jeffrey until after he died. You know that what is I mean? True. Well, you always oh, appreciate nice. things more when they're gone. Yeah. Uh so we just finished chapter 5 of yeah. the book. We are we just finished page 78 and uh and we will be back next time for mm-hmm. more of StarCraft Ghost Nova. Do you want to you want to come back again next time, Kara, and we'll read more of the book? Yeah, let's do it. Sounds right. great. Until next time. Okay. Bye, everyone. Thank you, Keith.